Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the In No Hurry podcast. I am your host, Colt Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys this week for another episode. If you are a subscriber to my newsletter or follow me on Instagram, then you have seen that I'm doing a series this month talking all about comparison. It's something that I talk and write about quite a bit, but really wanted to focus on it, especially right now during the Lent season. It just seemed very appropriate. And so this week, I don't have a guest. It's just me talking to you guys about comparison and some things that have been on my heart about it and hopefully just speak some truth to something that I think a lot of us really struggle with. If you are not already a subscriber to my newsletter, definitely want to invite you to be a part of that. You can just go to my website. It's coleclayborn.com and you can find the newsletter tab right at the top of the website. Click that and that'll take you right to the page where you can sign up and you should be able to access the previous newsletters and devotionals that I've done during the month of March. So you can read all up on what we've been talking about this month as it relates to comparison. And also give me a follow on Instagram because I am posting quite a bit about it there as well and about my devotionals and sharing some content from the devotionals. So would love to interact with you and engage with you either on the newsletter or Instagram or both. We'd love to have you uh, part of both of those. So definitely check those out if you're looking for more content about this, because this is something that just is really always kind of heavy on my heart. It's something that I feel very strongly about speaking truth to. I think it's something that we all struggle with so much. And I don't honestly think we talk enough about it, especially speaking as a male. I know that this is a hard thing for a lot of men to talk about. And it's it almost seems like hard to admit insecurities and that sort of stuff. But the more that we don't address it, the bigger the problem becomes. And I think that some of the problems that we've seen in our society and things that we deal with are because we are maybe a little reluctant or hesitant to address it. And so I think the more that we do, the more that we speak it out and bring it into the light rather than keep it in the darkness, the better off we're going to be as it relates to dealing with the feelings of comparison. But as I'm going to share today, I really feel like there's one very simple way, and it's really a series of methods, but at the end of the day, it's really one simple way that we can fight this battle and cure this plague of comparison and really feel the sense of freedom from comparison. So have you ever heard of this app called Facetune? You probably have. It's the number three most popular paid app on the Apple App Store and the number one app in the photo and video category. But if you haven't, it's one of these knockoff Photoshop image editing type apps that lets you retouch your photos, mostly selfies, right there on your phone. And so this app costs $3.99, $3.99 on the App Store. And at the time of this recording, there were 141,540 reviews. So assuming that all of those that left a review purchased the app, that amounts to roughly $566,000 that people have spent collectively on services to make themselves appear better online than they are in reality. And it's likely a lot more than that number too, because not everyone takes the time to rate and review an app. And that's just one of many apps that offer similar services. I also found this interesting. If you just do a cursory search of things that people struggle with, here are a list of some of the top search results. So just straight up comparison, not feeling worthy enough, not having enough money, and finding happiness 
and contentment. It was all kind of different branches of what I felt like were kind of part of the comparison tree. And so lately I've been getting really into learning the psychology of things, particularly specific human behaviors. Our propensity as humans to compare ourselves to others is is a fascinating one to me. And it's something that I think has been inherent for humans for all of history. Juliana Brines, I hope I said her name right. She's a social and health psychologist. And in an article for Psychology Today, she asks this question. She, she just got done explaining different traps of comparison. She explained what's called upward comparison and downward comparison, which we're going to get into here in a second. But she asks this, she said, is there a way to compare ourselves to others without falling into these traps? Research suggests that the answer is yes. It's just a matter of perspective. I think she's right. It's definitely a matter of perspective. I think a lot of things in life are a matter of perspective, but obviously for us as Christians, I think it it requires us to go one step deeper. It requires us to be wholly content in who God created us to be and what he created us to do. So like I said, in this article, she explains the concepts of upward comparison and downward comparison. To put it simply, upward comparison is where you compare yourself to people who you perceive as better off than you. Whereas downward comparison is where you compare yourself to those you perceive as worse off. So there are pros and cons to each of these, and I'll link the article in the show notes so you can read it in full. But here's one part in particular in this article that really jumped out at me. She writes, In one analysis, researchers proposed that when we identify with those who are less fortunate and recognize our own vulnerability, downward comparison can increase feelings of compassion and concern for others. This approach, I think, better fosters the mentality of serving the least of these, loving our neighbors, and placing others ahead of ourselves as God has called us to do. It's one of the best practices, I think, to cultivate a heart of contentment. Ultimately, what comparison does is it ties us down, it robs us of our joy, it damages our self-esteem, it makes us prisoners to envy and greed. For too long, I have felt captive to the chains that comparison puts on my soul. For too long, I have believed the lie that comparison tells me, that what I have is not enough, that who God created me to be is not good enough, or that the path God set apart for me and only me is not as good as what someone else has. When we believe the lies comparison tells us to, it makes it hard for us to be happy for those we love because we are too busy being jealous of what they have. We take on a mindset of scarcity over one of abundance. Our God is a God of abundance, not scarcity. That article on Psychology Today led me to another one on their website written by two Georgetown University doctors on the effects that social media and apps like Facetune have had on the cosmetic industry. They wrote, in 2017, for example, a survey of facial plastic surgeons found that 55% of surgeons reported seeing patients who requested to improve their appearance in selfies. It's a phenomenon called Snapchat dysmorphia. People are literally showing filtered selfies to surgeons as examples of what they want to look like. It's sort of like when in my senior year of high school, I took a photo of Jesse McCartney to my hairstylist and told her I wanted my hair to look like his beautiful highlighted locks. To her credit, she nailed it, but that's beside the point. And if you want to see that picture leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, say you want to see the picture, and I will gladly email you that picture. 
But imagine the pressure these surgeons must feel. They're being asked to perform almost impossible procedures because people feel compelled to measure up to impossible standards. But they're willing to spend all kinds of money to do it. Why are we so caught up chasing after things of this world when we've been told that our treasures are not here but are instead stored in heaven? I know not everyone shares the same faith as me, and if that's you, I want to talk specifically to you right now. You don't have to be bound by the chains of comparison. You don't have to walk around with the extra weight of those shackles on your feet. You don't have to exhaust yourself chasing after the impossible standards the world tells us to chase after. God has already designed a beautiful life for you, a story that only you can write, a lane only you can walk in. He's given you unique talents and abilities that only you have. Christians, stop chasing as well. A lot of us are running harder toward the things of this world than we are toward God. We're more physically exhausted than we are spiritually exhausted. Only one of those pursuits will fill you up once you reach the destination. And all we have to do is look at the Israelites. They were lost in the wilderness, and God was leading them to the promised land. This was a physically exhausting journey that truly was going to lead them to a spiritual and physical restoration, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They kept chasing after other idols ahead of God and what God had planned for them. They wanted things of this world more than they wanted to wait for the things of heaven. God gives us a pretty stern warning about all of this in the book of James, particularly James 4-5, which it says, You adulterous people, Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We are not called to chase after the things of this world. We are called to chase after the heart of God. My buddy Tyler Lindsay, who was on this show with his wife Dina back in February for our marriage series, spoke about this at our young adult ministry back in the fall. He compared this to driving a car, essentially God has given us a car unique to us, a lane that's designed specifically for us to drive in, and a specific journey for us to travel. When we start glancing over at the car in the next lane and trying to drive in someone else's lane, we'll crash. But if we stay in our lane, focus on operating our car and navigating our own journey, we'll arrive where God has designed us to go. It's hard for us, though. All of us want to feel known, to feel needed, to feel valued. We want people to know when we've done something we're proud of, and we want them to acknowledge it. We want to feel like we have a seat at the table of success. When someone else gets there before us or has a bigger plate at the table, we feel envious. The book of James has some pretty strong imagery about what happens when we feast on the wrong things, though. This is what it tells us in James 5, 3-5. through Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. Much of the book serves as a warning against propping ourselves up over other people. Instead, we are called to put others above ourselves. The single greatest commandment we've been given is to love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength. The second is to love others as we love ourselves. I think too often we conveniently read over that first part and just see, 
love ourselves. But we at least try not to toot our own horn so much. Well, sort of. We've found ways to creatively brag about ourselves that maybe on the surface aren't as obvious, but really it's pretty thinly veiled humility, hence the popular term humble brag. We know that bragging is not a good look, but the desire to let people know our accomplishments is often too strong for us to just keep them to ourselves. Book of James is pretty clear about this too. Verse 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Pretty simple. The best way to fight comparison will always be through contentment, and one of the best ways to cultivate contentment is by actively putting God and others first. Author Drew Dick explores this in his book on self-control called Your Future Self Will Thank You. There's a cruel irony whenever we value something above God, he writes. If we prioritize happiness above all else, we will never find happiness. Lavishing our highest allegiance on something other than God leaves us empty, dissatisfied. Only when we grant God our highest love do we find the contentment we crave. Many of life's biggest problems I've found have very simple solutions. We know these solutions because many of them we learned as kids. We just decide to complicate them as we get older. But this one's simple. The world doesn't revolve around you. James 4.14 says, Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That might seem paradoxical after I just spent a long time telling you that God has great things planned for you, but both of those can be true. God has great things for us in the small time that we are here on this earth. In the meantime, we are called to love people and use our gifts to bless others. Why spend any of that precious time chasing after what others have instead of enjoying what God has already given you? When we begin to rewire our brain and our hearts to be in line with this, it actually becomes the most freeing thing in the world. We no longer have to worry about what others think of us or chasing after whatever people are doing. We no longer have to run. We no longer have to be caught up in the rat race of comparison. We no longer have to exhaust ourselves. Instead, we can rest in the fact that God created us out of love to be great in the way he designed us to be great and use that greatness to bless others. This week, go out and try to bless somebody. And if there's somebody who maybe is a competitor, whether that's in work or at school, somebody who's kind of doing what you want to do and, and maybe you have struggled to feel envious of them at times, make it a point this week to be grateful for them, to let them know that you appreciate them and congratulate them on their successes. See what that does for your heart and see if that starts to change some of these feelings of comparison. Thank you all for listening this week. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on my website, coleclayborn.com. Again, if you've not subscribed to my newsletter, I would love for you to do that. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at coleclayborn. Give me a follow there and you can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got ideas for the show, if you've got guest ideas or anything like that, topics you want me to talk about, I would love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, twitter.com slash Claiborne. You can find me there as well. You can also email me, coleclayborn at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to get in touch with me, and I like to stay up to date if I get you know contacts from people. So if you reach out to me, good chance that I'll get back to you relatively quickly because uh, I appreciate you guys listening and reaching out. There's some of you guys that have reached out that I've never met before in person, and you found the show one way or the other, and I'm grateful for that. And if that's you, if you don't mind, tell your friends about the show. If you think this is a show that they would like, 
Obviously, word of mouth is one of the best ways for a podcast to grow, to get in front of other people. Another way you can help is by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really does help. I know a lot of podcasters talk about this because, and you probably, maybe you're tired of hearing podcasters talk about it, but it really, really does help. It's kind of like the currency of podcasts. It's how we get our shows in front of people a little bit more. It lets people know that this is a show that would be worth listening to. So if you haven't done that, if you don't mind, take a couple minutes, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, just maybe what was your favorite show, favorite topic we've talked about on here, something that you like about the show, just to let people know what we do and that this is something that they would enjoy listening to. But I mentioned Drew Dick and his book. So this coming Wednesday, March 24th, he is going to be my guest on my Instagram Live series that I started last month for the book of the month. And so we're going to be talking at 8 p.m. Central Time on my Instagram. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, we're going to be talking all about self-control. His book is awesome, and I think it's especially pertinent right now as well during Lent. And so I'm really excited to talk to him and hear his heart behind the book. And he talks about some of these issues about comparison in the book. And so uh, it's going to be a very relevant conversation to what we're talking about here. Uh, but I think really, especially during Lent, but I think anytime this conversation about self-control is, is a really important one. So I'm excited to talk to Drew and hope you guys will join us, bring your questions. And uh, we might be doing a giveaway as well. So uh, definitely tune back in for that. And we'll see you hopefully on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Central on my Instagram for an author chat with Drew Dick. But I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you guys find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll see you back next week.